I'm Amy, nurse practitioner, food and fitness lover, travel adventurer. And I'm Jen, an esthetician, a home cooking foodie, and mom to two teens. We're sisters and founders of MB Wellness Coaching, a business that helps women find confidence with a balanced lifestyle, dessert included. You're listening to The Whole Package, a podcast where we cover it all so you can learn to live happy, be confident, and keep growing. Hey everyone, we are so excited that you're here today to get to know us a little bit. We founded MB Wellness Coaching because we really wanted to help people make realistic and simple changes in their behaviors in order to find confidence and lasting weight loss. We've been there before. We've struggled with emotional eating, excessive stress, and not so healthy stress management habits. We've suffered from poor diets, lack of exercise, and after years of trial and error, we found our way to our best lives ever. So that's what we're trying to do here, is to help everybody live their best life. I'm Amy, and I have 16 years of experience in the healthcare and wellness field. I was an RN for about five years before I finished nurse practitioner school, and since then have really enjoyed helping people change habits to improve their life. For the last two years with Jen, I've been working as a health coach to help even more people make small, sustainable changes. And I didn't always have it together myself. It was years of trial and error trying to figure out how to live my best life and not be obsessed with every piece of food I put in my mouth. I tried all the fad diets, chasing happiness by the way I looked instead of how I felt. But once I learned how my nutrition and exercise would affect my happiness, I was finally able to make some lasting changes. Hey everyone, I'm Jen, and I have had some struggles in life, both physically and mentally, um, and I have really enjoyed the journey into finding um, my best life and finding ways to enjoy life, um, even during the hard times. Um, so I've looked forward to working on my wellness on a regular basis um, and now have enjoyed over the last two years helping to educate clients on their nutrition choices and helping them to learn what their body needs and what it doesn't need to help them make those lasting changes to just feel better um, I have I have discovered firsthand that healing starts from within. Um, I've done this by completing four Whole30 programs. I followed an autoimmune protocol for five months uh, when I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis a few years back. Uh, both of these programs are um, essentially elimination diets, and that shows you to listen to your body and to listen to the way it responds to what you're putting into it. Um, it helps you see that body, your body's response to the foods and makes you, makes you aware so you can make those changes um, to help yourself feel better and, and um, be better. Um, so with these experiences, I hope to inspire and help you implement, implement realistic and sustainable changes so you can feel your best uh, every day and not just some of the time. We wanna work to <laughs> help everyone feel their most confident um, and I found for myself that identifying the foods and habits that I was doing that weren't serving me made the biggest difference. 
Um, and we want to help you guys take these steps to make lasting lifestyle changes and find that happy body and mind you've always wanted. So people often ask us how we manage to keep our health on track by eating healthy foods most of the time, by exercising regularly. And I know I didn't always have it together. I know I certainly did not have it together. <laughs> And so we I honestly still struggle today sometimes keeping it together per se. Um, so it's always, it's always around. It's always something you're thinking about. That's really important to me. That's making sure I'm always focused on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that the expectation of like, I'm not motivated to do X, Y, or Z, but really it's about building a habit and then if it's something that you do almost every day, even if you don't feel like doing it, you'll do it because it's part of your routine. Just like when the alarm clock goes off, you might not be interested in waking up, but if you have to, you do. Right. And you, you get know. up and you get ready for work. Right. So it's just one of those other things. And if you find, as far as exercise, if you find the fitness, and the movements you like to do and you enjoy doing it, it, it becomes less of a chore mm -hmm. um, and more of something that you enjoy doing. And you know that on the other end of that 30 minute, 45 minute, whatever minute workout you're doing, you know that you're going to feel better. It makes it a lot easier to get up and do that every day. Yeah, totally agree. So when do you think it was that we realized that food was would actually affect how we felt about things. Like when we were growing up, I don't remember thinking about, I gotta get my protein or no. I should have a piece of, you know, fruit before I go play soccer or softball. Right. Um, I definitely, I don't think I realized that food was affecting the way I felt until sadly, probably after I even had the kids. So my early twenties and I had digestive issues my whole life and it was never, um, it was very rarely ever like, well, what are you eating? I, I went and saw tons of doctors, my teenage years lost tons of weight. I uh, couldn't eat food. If I ate food, it didn't stay down. I mean, even then, I don't remember thinking like, oh, maybe it, what did I eat for dinner? Like, or what did yeah. I eat that made me feel like this or, or make that recognition. Um, and then definitely as a kid, we never, I just ate what was put in front of me for the most part. Um, and then having a dad who really liked his snackaroonies, <laughs> uh, always having snacky foods around was definitely like, oh, I'll eat that oatmeal cream pie or whatever. Ooh, pop those are the best. Pop-tarts, cinnamon sugar pop-tarts with butter slathered mm. on it. Definitely ate those a lot. Yeah. Um, but I had no thought, like, if I eat this pop-tart for breakfast, will I be fueled for the day? Will I stay thinking strong at school? Will I learn a lot? It was never um, something I thought about as a kid. Um, yeah. So as an adult, I definitely have worked to um, have my kids understand that food plays a part in fueling your body. Um, you should never use food as a punishment. 
um, or like depriving yourself of food as a punishment. Um, I know, Amy, you've said you don't work out to earn your food. Right. And that's a super amazing thing to think, um, especially with teenage girls. Um, a lot of their, my girls' friends will change the way they eat in order to benefit them in some way they think is beneficial. Um, uh, so say you, I don't work out today. Well, I'm not going to eat as much food as I normally eat because I'm not working out. So I should cut my calories for the day. Um, and forgetting that fueling your body is super important. Um, so I like to think that my girls understand that. Um, I think they do. They know that the food, food is what's fueling their bodies to help them be more active and keep them, you know, feeling good all day long. So been super important to teach them that along the way since mm -hmm. we didn't ever talk about food growing up beyond eating it yeah I feel like that's super common for you know all kids and it's not necessarily my expectation that I think all kids especially young kids should just they're not just gonna know this right. you know they're taught by the choices that their parents make by what they see in school so it's it's interesting sometimes to see what might be offered during school lunch, you know, isn't necessarily the healthiest choice. Yeah. Um, and so that's hard when that, if that's something they see every day that this is how we eat, those are, you know, repetitive things that they learn. Um, and because kids don't necessarily learn these things, they grow up to be adults that don't understand these things. And then they have children and everything just continues. So, you know, keeping things super basic is important. Um, you know, for everyone, I think that's how people learn, you know, everyone's education level is different. Um, and it doesn't have to be complicated, like for general right. health purposes, this, you know, eating healthy can be really basic. Um, and we, I always want to be mindful, of course, that we have great privilege in just being able to talk about this subject that, you know, our parents didn't have a lot of money when we were growing up, but I never felt like I'm not going to eat tonight. Like we're, there was always food on the table. Right. There, was there was always, always adequate food. sources yeah. and not all families have that. And so the, the, there is definitely a privilege in being able to talk about a healthy food choice versus just being able to feed your kids. Um, and so that is something that we always focus on with our business is making exactly. things affordable for people. Um, when we're talking about like healthy food choices and grocery shopping and, and that kind of thing. Right. Um, I remember it's sort of like we had two childhoods of um, a point when our mom was like wanted everything to be homemade and like mm -hmm. everything that we ate was made from scratch. Um, and then kind of the, the later years where everything was convenience, which I totally get. Right. After four kids, you're tired and you're working a full-time job. We, like Our parents both worked full-time and took care of us and... Um, so definitely seeing that aspect in other people as well and, and seeing you and your husband figure that out and our, and our siblings. Right. So that's definitely a challenge. Um, and it does take some extra work to kind of maintain that healthy home cooked meal, um, and to make sure you're, you can afford what you uh, want to buy and making sure that you make the best out of everything and I totally agree with the privilege issue um, 
you see it a lot in our community even um and we saw a big transition with the coronavirus even um realizing and i know i didn't really think about it before but how many kids rely on school breakfast and school lunch to make sure they're fed for the day and i was kind of astonished that i didn't think about it um, growing up on the school lunch program but it's been so long that I've, you know, fed the girls breakfast, fed them lunch, you know, provided them with their meals. And I mean, a lot of that had to do with their pickier eating habits when they were younger and it's just a habit that we adjusted to. But seeing that, that those programs were really needed was kind of eye-opening and realizing that not everybody has the luxury to eat, eat all the healthy foods. So it was pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, just trying to stay on that vein and provide the healthy food the most affordable way possible mm. um, is is not as hard as it's made out to be sometimes like sometimes it's just a matter of sitting down and making a plan um, i like to look at what we have on hand what's in the fridge already so we're not wasting food um, and kind of making meals around those and that's definitely helpful for us and then uh, I like to do our MB shelf shopping, hashtag MB shelf shopping. Really go through your pantry and your fridge before you hit the store, save some money there. So great little tip to make sure you're not wasting food. On the wasting food vein, um, I think in our era and certainly before, there was that rule about you're going to finish what you took and <laughs> you're not going to waste food. And that has definitely been something that's always been ingrained in me. So as I got older and always felt like, well, I have to eat it because it's on my plate or I bought it. So I can't, if I don't eat it, I'm wasting money. So then you get into that habit of overeating more mm -hmm. than you need to. Um, yep. But that was definitely an experience in my, probably in my early twenties and like cooking for yourself, like with college and that kind of thing. and or like having a partner and splitting the meal 50-50, even though your partner you know, is 200 pounds, like. Did that. You're not the same, like you don't For need sure. as much food as your 200-pound exactly. husband. Right. Um, so sometimes, again, a lot of our nutrition, a lot of our behaviors are all based from things we learned as kids. And so trying to identify those and then really work through them which obviously does not happen overnight, doesn't happen in one year even. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we sometimes still learn things about ourselves that it's like, oh, I think that's why I do that. Right, when um, you stop and think about it. Yeah, really think about it. I, I heard um, this funny story. I don't know where I heard it, but this woman was making a pot roast and she cuts the, ends off both sides of the pot roast and puts it in the crock pot to cook and finally her husband says why do you do that and she said I don't know my mom always did it or my grandma always did it so he's like okay that's just weird so the woman finally calls her mom or grandma and says why did you do that and the response was well it didn't fit in my pan so I cut the ends <laughs> off to make it fit in my pan so this poor woman had been cutting the ends off her pot roast forever because that's what she saw and that's what she learned. She learned, yeah. So just after that point, she stopped wasting <laughs> that meat. 
because <laughs> her pan would fit. I found it very comical because you that totally do those things that you don't know why you do it. You just do it. And until you stop and think, why do I do this? Or, you know, go back to the source and ask, why did you do this? Because sometimes they don't even know. Right. Super funny. And I think that's... Um... So like she learned that behavior and did it for years and years and years. So kind of the same idea of if we work on learning a new behavior or habit, eventually we'll do it for years and years and years. Right. So it's like the human psyche is very cool. Amazing, right? Pretty funny stuff. But yeah, everything you do as a child, it comes back full circle. I remember when we were younger, having a high cholesterol as children yeah and mom would have us drinking powdered milk I assume because that was the non-fat version mm-hmm. of milk because that back then that was the fat that was causing the cholesterol or some right. crazy thing um, and she would get us the Teddy's brand of peanut butter which we eat now but I remember despising how disgusting it was um, as a teen or child and thinking like this isn't real peanut butter it's not skippy i'm not eating it uh, <laughs> now that my palate has changed skippy peanut butter is not my go-to peanut butter just those small things that you do just stick with you when do you feel like you had that big aha moment when you realized that kind of you needed to start making some changes with your habits and fitness and nutrition um I feel like I had a few different kind of moments in college so certainly being a nursing major I'm learning about health and um you know how food affects our bodies and but it was still interesting at that time that you know I had one nutrition class during my BSN and at that point, it was still the food pyramid that you need 12 carb servings a day, which is, I mean, I eat a lot of carbs today, but it still is probably more than what most people need, especially those who are not being active. Um, and, you know, we were learning a lot about diabetes at that time. And at that point, they still, they were thinking that, you know, di- type 2 diabetes was, um, was hereditary and genetic. Um, and, and while some people are at greater risk because genetics do play a role, it is so much more about our um, you know, diet and exercise habits and the fact that we, those are learned behaviors. So you know, if grandma has type two diabetes and dad has type two diabetes, yes, you're at higher risk because you've learned all those behaviors your entire life. Um, so that, that's just interesting looking back that that really wasn't the focus at the time. Um, and something to just remember that, you know, like you said, Jen, when we were kids, oh, we had high cholesterol, so you can't have eggs or you can't have milk. Mm-hmm. And now right. we know that those things to not be true. So it's ever changing. And I think that makes it challenging for people to understand what to do because there's so many voices out there telling mm-hmm. you how to eat. Um, and then sometimes it's, it's frequently changing. Um, but some of the basics will always you know, stay true. Eat your fruits and vegetables. Right. They've been saying yeah. that one for years. It's right? still here eat with those, us today. Eat those first, then eat everything else. Get those vegetables in. Yeah. So in college, I was a vegetarian 
I think until my sophomore year. And I was like the world's worst vegetarian. Maybe not the world's worst, but uh, I ate rice and green beans and ramen noodles and gummy bears, even. Gummy bears. <laughs> and like studying for finals would be sun kissed, diet sun kissed, orange soda, and baked Cheetos. So baked. I got on like the calorie counting and um in my undergrad and did Weight Watchers a couple of times, I think at that point. And a lot of people, you know, gained the freshman 15. And so like, I didn't gain weight until it was after my, I think summer after sophomore year, I finally got my braces off. Whew. It was a long stretch. With that braces. was a long stretch of braces. <laughs> and I just remember like that summer, like eating so much because it was like, oh, I don't have my braces. This is cool. Like this feels different. Right. Um, and then that's when I gained my 15 pounds. So then getting back to school and realizing that, oof, I'm a little heavier. Um, so then I really got into doing more exercise. I had really stopped exercising for a while after high school sports and stuff. So then I right. got into exercising again, but it was always about like how I looked and that it was, I'm getting chubby or, you know, whatever. So then it was, the focus was always about, okay, well, I just have to eat less and I have to exercise more. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like I kind of bounced around with that for several years. And then um, I think it was probably like the, like the flat belly diet time. Yeah. I don't know. I was probably mid 20s. So I was, I'd been a nurse for a few, few years. Um, I think I, I may have just finished NP school and so doing, learning more about um, just kind of nutrition in general and food and treating people with high blood pressure and diabetes. It is the bitter truth sometimes that if we're carrying 50 extra pounds, there are probably going to be some symptoms that we have that we don't like. Right. And so carrying a little extra weight and feeling like abdominal bloating and you know, just feeling uncomfortable after eating is when we, um, and I think Jen started this with our parents and then I read the book and then our friend Ange read the book and then we all did this diet did together. together. Yep. It really focused on monounsaturated fats, MUFAs, MUFAs was the cool catchy word of that diet I feel like uh definitely low carb if I remember correctly and then their signature cucumber tonic where you basically just soaked cucumbers in lemon in water overnight and you were supposed to drink like a gallon of that a day literally the worst tasting thing I've ever had in my entire life water is just plain water is the way to go skip the cucumber, skip the lemon. I mean, lemon's cool if you like it, but it's just kind of funny how some of these fad diets like get you to do these trendy-ish yeah. things that you're like, okay, sure, let me do it. And then you do it and you're like, damn, I just wasted a bunch of cucumbers. The hell? <laughs> and then it's really the act of drinking the gallon of water. It has nothing to do with the cucumbers. But exactly. The cucumbers make it seem fancier right. or... It's going to, quote, detox me. And... Right. Like, just drinking the water 
is doing all of those things <laughs> and nourishing your body and kicking its de its own built-in detox system into gear. You don't need um, any special fancy drinks to quote unquote detox. In my personal opinion, I don't really have a professional opinion on that. That's my personal <laughs> opinion. It's funny how yeah, bad diets really grab you um, mm -hmm. and get your attention mm -hmm. and will get you started. It definitely always seems like they get you started um, to achieving the goal, depending on what your goal is. But a lot of them definitely are not sustainable. So I feel like that's where finding something that's sustainable that works for you is is the biggest clincher as far as making the changes yeah what would you say is the craziest fad diet you've ever tried um probably what did we do the skinny bitch diet mm-hmm like, I don't even remember exactly. I feel like it was super low carb, even like low calorie, mm -hmm. like really, really aiming for the calorie deficit there. Um, but not explaining to you why. Like why? Like why are you doing this? Why are you eliminating this? The why was never, and it may have more been that I wasn't looking for the why when I was fad dieting. You know, I just wanted to look better, feel, you know, feel better. Be, be smaller um, mm -hmm. was always a, a main goal for me. Um, and realizing that every body type is different is it was a huge pivotal changing point for me, realizing that the number on the scale did not divide, did, did not define me as a human being and that how I feel is more important. Um, and if you're always calorie deficiting, in super low levels, you know, less than 1200 calories to lose the weight, your, your brain is not functioning properly. You're going to get lightheaded and dizzy and you're just going to feel tired and it, it doesn't serve your body. Um, but yeah, I had to do all those things in order to <laughs> realize that I felt like garbage when I did not eat enough calories, or <laughs> did not eat enough food. Um, but yeah, I would say that's probably the craziest. Yeah, that was definitely the, even though we've done Whole30s a bunch of times, which is a super strict elimination diet, right? and it is not intended to be long-term, um, the skinny bitch, which, so for those of you who don't know, it's essentially a vegan diet, but they also restricted a lot of other foods that we ate at the time. So I remember, we, I remember making tofu meatballs and yeah which I've learned since then with tofu, you're supposed to squeeze out some of that water. Which <laughs> I didn't know that at the time. Nope. I remember them being just like squishy piles. Yeah. It was like, terrible. Like I, I made all this food that I wouldn't normally have made. Didn't enjoy it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that, that definitely was an inch. I would probably say that was the most interesting and, and most challenging for me because yeah. meat is easy to cook. Um, particularly because I was not, I did not cook well at all at that time in my life. Um, and you've come a long way. In I've your come a long way. The whole way. 
so yeah, that was definitely, I did find, I think during that time period though, I did figure out that dairy affected um, my cystic acne. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that was the time frame that, um, that we realized that. Um, as much as everybody hates it. As much as we all hate it. Like, dang it. Thanks to give it up, but it makes the world of difference. Yeah. Yeah, I say I didn't get my cystic acne until I got pregnant. Right? So I was like, oh, well, I'm pregnant and my hormones are crazy. So mm -hmm. there's my reason. That's why. And then it was like I had a four year old. I was like, well, I'm not <laughs> pregnant anymore, but I still have terrible acne. I am a skincare specialist by trade. I'm educated in all things skin and what the heck, I can't figure out what is wrong with my face. I used all the best products and it was still nothing changed. And then I think that's when I did my first Whole30 around that time, not with the intention to clear my acne at all. And I was like, oh, wow look at that and that started clearing up along with that first whole 30 my ibs that i've had since a teenager almost but disappeared never had any issues with that after my first whole 30 um, when i learned that what i was putting in my body was affecting it um but yeah cutting out dairy i cleared up my acne it was magical and now if magic. i eat cheese or ice cream, which I do every now and again, I tend to break out with one, usually not super cystic at all, but a couple of, of um, breakouts right in my jawline. And uh, that's typically a proponent for the food you're ingesting. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's always sad though. Dairy's so good. So good. Okay. Who doesn't love a charcuterie board? Right? The other night I was like, I really could go for a charcuterie board. I can't even say that word. And my husband's like, do you have the fixings to make that? I was like, no. So I'm just going to talk about how much I want it. Right. And someday you'll make it. And then I'll make it. I mean, I made one last week, so I mean. That's true. You did just fun to do. It's just like a cute way to eat. Yes. Because sometimes it's like, oh rice meat buttload of vegetables it's not like, sexy it's it's not it's not glamorous it's just not but it makes you feel good and tastes dang good right it just needs to look more <laughs> i guess if you plated it if you plated yes. it like fancy mm -hmm. but which sometimes is fun but you know right but on the, the regular like you're running home from one practice with one kid, picking up another kid at another practice or school event, and they're trying to get dinner on the table and everybody to bed on time. Convenience wins. Plate your food. <laughs> <laughs> kind of just want to set it all on the table and give everybody a utensil and like just <laughs> go to town, guys. Have fun with it. But yeah, sometimes it's nice to have a special night where you make a special meal or kind of fancy it up a bit. Right. And I think the other important thing for people to know as we talk about our own journeys is that it's not like we had that one moment and then it was clicked, switched, no. and we either had everything fixed and, and figured it out um, because it's, that's just not how life works that we, you know, you keep growing over time and then you learn something new or um, 
or you go through different phases. Like I found when I first joined CrossFit and really figured like, oh, if I eat this way, I have more energy, I can lift more weights. Like I, I was more focused on getting stronger and that was all great. And then like a year in, it's like, oh, I don't have, my stomach's not flat. Like, you know, these other people here that work out in their bra tops and well, if I did this, maybe I would have some visible abs. And, you know, then it went back the other way where I started focusing again on what my body looked like and how, and, and it became a more important piece. Nothing wrong with having aesthetic goals from time to time, but like having that be your main focus, is not necessarily a healthy place to be. And so again, I think we just all work through them differently and they can come and go and we just have to work at it not being the, the center focus. Um, I agree. Totally. And knowing that somebody else's journey is not your journey. Mm -hmm. um, like as, as alike as you and I are and <laughs> growing up together and being besties for life, living, you know, where it's what, how we're 13 months apart. Yeah. Practically twins, but we still lead very different nutrition and fitness lives. Right. Um, but your journey is, is not my journey and me doing what you do exactly to a T is not going to produce the same exact results. Right. Um, so really finding what your true goals and what you want your end goal to be and, and how your journey goes is based on your own personal likes, dislikes, and lifestyle in general. Mm -hmm. um, so everybody needs to be aware. You can't just yeah. be like, oh, I want to do what she does and I'll be just like her. Or I'll look just like her. Um, you have your own body and it's yours to improve how you like. Right. Not how you deem the internet thinks it should look or <laughs> TV and movies think it should look. Uh, it's got to be a realistic, realistic for you and your lifestyle. Yeah, and I think thinking about like, whatever goal you're setting, like, well, why do you really want it? Like what, how's your life better because of it? And yeah, definitely really that like helps you. taking a, that goal and like pulling it apart and like, why, why is this my goal? <laughs> is it my, is that really what I want? Or is that goal the one I set because I thought I wanted to be and look like this. So really like, breaking it down to the bare bones and being like, I want this goal because it's going to help me to do this and really investigating the whys behind your goal. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, a lot of like, even my, my nutrition and fitness goals have just adjusted to being, I want to enjoy my retirement. Like I want to be able to get out of my chair by myself when I'm 65 or 75, like, mm -hmm you know, taking care of elderly people, you know, taking care of our family members, people who, you know, have had, have not been able to enjoy the rest. Yeah. I mean, for some people, retirement is long. Like you don't, even if it's just five years, 10 years, 20 years, and like not being able to do all these things that you keep oh, putting off. Yeah. Um, so for me, like I don't eat healthy 100% of the time it's you know it's not realistic for the lifestyle I want to lead right um, but I try to eat in a way that's going to keep me um you know healthy right now and as well as keep me healthier when I'm older you know and I 
I train to try to prevent any injury to myself mm -hmm. now. So like I don't train as hard as I used to because it's more important that I'm functional every day and not have like <laughs> joint pain or muscle pain every day. Right. Exactly. Um, in order to get stronger, but actually just like maintain my strength or, you know, increase my strength more slowly so that I can get out of a chair. And there are some people who <clears throat> believe that they're destined to repeating their parents' lives. Well, my dad died at 60. My dad's dad died at 60. I'm going to die at 60. So I'm 45. I got 15 years left. I'll be fine. It's the worst mentality <laughs> ever. You need to, I shouldn't, I'm not, I don't want to be preachy. Sorry. <laughs> But remembering that we do have control over our own destiny is pretty important. And that I've always thought looking at food as a way to fuel me into my retirement, like you said, or into my old age is super important because we do have control. Um, genetics plays a part in our lives, but not the controlling part. So if you make the changes, it gets you a lot further. Um, sometimes, being diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, I get very frustrated because I know that I've spent years fueling my body and exercising. And sometimes I'm like, what the heck did I do wrong? And I do have to remind myself that I did nothing wrong. Genetics are genetics. And for whatever reason, my body decided to turn that piece of DNA on and nobody will know. But what I can do is continue to eat a healthy diet and continue to move my body in a way that works for me um, to keep myself strong and mobile and healthy. And that will get me so much further than just saying, well, I've got rheumatoid arthritis, so what the heck? I'm done. I'm just going to eat my oatmeal cream pies <laughs> and whatever other junk food I love every day because yeah, I already got this disease, so why bother? Right. Uh, you have to think, how is this diagnosis affecting me and then make some changes to make your life better along with the diagnosis and doing mm -hmm. the things that will make you feel better and be stronger and be healthier for as long as possible because you don't want to live to 100 and not have a body that works right you you really just don't want you just don't want to you know in a nursing home unable to take care of yourself so you want to take care of yourself now so you don't end up in those situations or you're less likely to end up in those right. situations there's no guarantee with anything however feel better now feel better for the future and take care of your kids and your nieces and nephews so that when you're old somebody will take <laughs> care of you yes. so. <laughs> All my nieces and nephews are going to be taking care of me well, that's when right. I'm old. You got enough of them that you can spare. We'll can, share. Yeah. We'll share. I don't They're know. They're all quite they'll... talented, so maybe they'll make it real big. Right. Make they'll just hire me a nurse. Take care of us. Yeah. That works perfectly. Right. Guys, go do that. <laughs> <laughs> Get that Get record deal. Anyway. Get that movie deal. Right. Well, Haley, after mom's big surgery, took really good care of her and was a better nurse than I was. 
and did say she wanted to be a caretaker. So we might just, you know, the, all the other kids can just pay her and she'll take care of whoever you're taking go. care of, right? There's her built-in job, yep. <laughs> taking care of your own family. <laughs> Although I bet it's hard to take care of your own family. I mean, I know it is, but yeah, as opposed to taking care of somebody else, because, you know, that connection's not there when it's somebody else. When it's somebody else, yeah. When it's your own, your own kin. Kin? What are you, a kin. country bumpkin? <laughs> no, it's just always in my crossword puzzle. <laughs> in your crossword? What are you, a grandma? Yeah, that exercises brain. You kidding me? They're really weak sauce crossword puzzles, though. They're they're ones that I can solve without really thinking too much. It's a few times, like if it gets into sportsy stuff, I have to Google it because I don't I don't know who won the 1985 golf tournament. Nope. I get as much as I can to around it to solve it, but I still have no idea. So. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta keep learning. Learn new information. That is a good thing. Right? Gotta keep learning, keep growing, keep moving. And what moving will you be doing today? Today I will be doing my low impact. I don't even call it. I'm I'm working to get into low impact weightlifting, but I haven't incorporated the weights yet. So I'm at my low impact moves. I do squats, one-legged chair squats, because I do not have those yet, where I don't, like, would totally fall over if I did not have a chair. <laughs> uh, what else am I doing? Hip thrusters, deadlifts. Oh, I forget those calf calf you lay on your belly and you hold the weight in your feet calf. oh hamstring curls yes i don't know why i think it's calf hamstring <laughs> curls Jeez. and i believe a walk is on the agenda as long as the weather holds out it's very nice so keeping it very low impact while i work through all my joint problems but hoping to incorporate weights back into those movements when i build back up so I don't hurt more <laughs> than I already hurt some days of the week. That's my plan for the day. Yeah. Oh, and maybe some yoga. Do you work out today? Yes, today's a back squat day and a pull-up day. Oh, where are you at at pull-ups? Uh, I just started my new block, so this is my second week. So I'm doing three sets of five pull-ups in a row. And then next week we'll aim probably to do three sets of six. Cool. And then so on. And then I'm doing some more CrossFit style workouts with Nicholas. Um, so whatever's on the docket for that today, those have been trying to build up my endurance a little bit again. Perfect. Does and it's he, a meal prep day for me for coming back to work. It will work. Lovely. Lovely. Yeah, I'm off the meal prep prepping train between quarantine and our summer schedule. 
I was around to cook, so I took the opportunity to cook. Now I'm around less to cook because the work work started and uh, but the kids cook. So I don't have to meal prep because I have kids that cook. It's amazing. My husband's working on cooking. He hasn't gotten there yet, but the kids can cook. So they save his bum a lot. So they get to eat. But yes, once school starts back up, it's meal prep city. It's just so much easier to have it all on hand, ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's that's one thing in this podcast that we'll address as time goes on is that we'll have some episodes on cooking and meal prepping and different ways to eat a healthier diet. Um, and then other other things that we'll, like I, like we said, we want to try to cover it all. So meaning all aspects of life on how to improve your lifestyle. So we'll, we'll include information about, you know, how to eat healthy on a budget, how to start a new exercise routine, how to be happy in the body that you have now, how to set goals for your life instead of how you look to improve your health. Um, how to save money for future goals. Jen's the budget queen. Mm-hmm. I like money. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about our own kind of sister thing relationship that we have. We'll talk about our relationships with our husbands and our friends and family and how things that we've learned over the years might help you. Mm, because we'll about relationships are <laughs> Yeah with those same people and our frustrations with the world and Mm -hmm. with things that we think that we all can be doing to save humanity right kindness tip one be kind be kind to everybody next time we'll be talking more about how you can keep growing with small changes in an ever-evolving world so keep growing is a big proponent in what we support we all grow and change every day every day is growing and changing and staying on that path instead of in a stagnant place is where we're going to take you guys next week so until then if you want to read more about us you can check out our website uh, at mbwellnesscoaching.com the website will be in the show notes We also, on the website, have uh, information about us. There's a bunch of free resources for you. We have some recipes posted. um, And then a bunch of blog posts on different topics uh, related to health and wellness. So check those out. And you can also follow us on social media. Uh, We are MB Wellness Coaching everywhere. Uh, You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. And YouTube. And YouTube, that's right. We have, I think, I don't know, a handful of videos up for you over there. Um, informational stuff. Informational and stuff. more to come. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay, so we'll talk to you guys next time. Perfect. Bye.